I'll be starting in a minute, Charlie. at your work i mean you know you're in your mom's basement as you said it's not it's not the most fun thing in the world yeah yeah no i some people have mentioned to me that i should take this a bit more seriously than i am and i, I think that's just just my personality is like I, I i don't take these things super super seriously and lose sleep over them i mean if if trudeau is losing sleep over me you know that's fine enough i don't want to lose sleep over <laughs> making trudeau lose sleep but but no no it, it, in all seriousness it is it is very chilling that one article can have that kind of effect, especially given that I don't really have like a massive platform yet. I'm still growing. I'm still um, a young person. And I mean, I mean, even just on Twitter too, with that article um, that I posted, there were so many journalists, government funded journalists, by the way, working for the CBC, working for uh, global news, the Toronto star that were uh, pointing out that this op-ed is total balderdash and he should just get vaccinated and he's just whining about his freedoms and, and and a lot of people by the way weirdly enough were saying oh he should just go back to india why is he even here like people like that were saying and it's like whoa 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 why did we just go like trumpian mm-hmm. suddenly like why like i thought this was the rhetoric that you know was associated with trump and and then that was one of the points of that essay and a couple of other essays that i've written before too it's like the direction we went in in the name of safety diversity inclusivity it's it's exactly what we feared would be um, of the other side like trudeau genuinely has become this monstrous discriminatory authoritarian leader that we all feared trump would be and i'm no trump defender i'm not gonna uh, you know defend him or openly support him or, or any of that but what trudeau is displaying is true authoritarianism it's true stripping people away from their constitutional rights and their civil liberties. And it's, it's, you know, when you're a young journalist, you know, I'm, I'm definitely um, not, you know, part of the, the, the conventional narrative because I'm, I'm not writing for the CBC. I'm not writing for any of these traditional outlets. I'm just an independent writer. And it seems to me there's, there's a weird shortage of that here in Canada. Like otherwise it's mysterious why I've, I've risen, whereas other, journalists have it. It's like there aren't enough independent journalists who are willing to say what I'm willing to say because they rather get their journalism degree and work for the CBC and get paid a certain salary and spew out the same political narrative over and over again. But for me, it's like that. I'm, I don't want to be anything close to that. I want to be my own independent voice and raise these, these concerns about my country. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And now... Now we're live on uh, we're live on call in also. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys can hear me on call in too. I have it out in front of me. Um, ooh, thumbs up! Thanks, Charlie. So let's understand what's going on here. This is a 27 year old kid who is living at home with his parents and is being considered a threat to the government. Are you kidding me? People, 
This is, do not find it ironic. Again, I have to make this point over and over again. This is an apolitical podcast. Apolitical. We aren't Republican. We aren't Democrat. We aren't independent. We are apolitical. We don't like politics. We just see the world how it is, and we call out the BS when we see it. Everything, isn't it ironic? There is so much irony, I feel like, in what we were told that Trump was. Is everything that has been going on after Trump left. Everything, it's like, you could pretty much think as the government, like, opposite day. Every, almost every, every government seems to be celebrating opposite day every day of the week. They consistently, clearly make the wrong decision at every point. They are 100% wrong almost. It's actually amazing. It's an accomplishment. Like, I actually, it's, a, it's difficult to be 100% anything. Obviously 100% right, but even 100% wrong, that is tough. It's tough to bat 100 or 1,000. You are telling me that a 27-year-old kid who has a sub-stack, which, by the way, we will say that there are probably at least tens of thousands of people with a sub-stack, is getting messages from the Canadian government because he wrote an article critiquing the government and their policies? If you cannot question people in powerful positions or people who have all this power, if you cannot question them, no matter who you are, You are screwed. Screwed. You can't possibly believe. Like, what is is his incentive or my incentive to be talking like this? It it, it, It only puts us in a negative light in the quote unquote mainstream media. Like, what would why would I want to do this? Why what's my incentive to go against this grain? This podcast isn't monetized. This isn't a money play. So why am I doing it? Am I doing it because I think it's funny and I'm trying to get a following based on real funny things? Or do you think perhaps I think something serious is going on and maybe I'm trying to do the right thing and alert you? Is it possible that that could be true? Or is that so far-fetched? What else is my incentive? I don't get what my incentive would be. Why am I spending every day of my life doing this? I mean, seriously. Why do you think I'm doing this? Now, let's look at the other lens. Why would the mainstream media lie, perhaps? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. They're funded by their advertisers. Their advertisers are large corporations. Those large corporations have economic interests in worldwide endeavors. And when you see that over 50% of commercials on TV are related to pharmaceutical drugs, do you think they have an incentive to perhaps lie on behalf of those pharmaceutical companies. Do you believe perhaps that these two could be in bed with each other in a way where they're trying to get a particular outcome that has economic favorability to each of them? Because the more money these corporations make, like these pharmaceutical companies, the more money they can spend on advertising, which means more money goes into the pockets of the mainstream media and therefore they don't have a going concern, they last longer. There is a clear corruption in the economic alignment of activities of what's going on in this world between independent, quote unquote, independent media, 
corporations, and governments. And when you hear the WEF and Klaus Schwab talk about how governments and massive corporations have to work together, and you're going to hear this word a lot too, by the way, lockstep. When you hear the word lockstep, do your own research on this, but you will see that the Rockefeller Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, like the richest person of all time, okay, that's where that money came from, who, by the way, read that history of, of you know, what he donated to, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But they wrote a paper, I believe it was in 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation, about this new world order and how, how governments and large corporations have to be in lockstep. So whenever you hear lockstep, it's almost similar to like the previous podcast where I said how when they say dark winter, that's like a, it's an undercover code name for the dark Operation Dark Winter, which is a smallpox breakout that occurred and to test how the government would react with, you know, healthcare and our systems and all that stuff in 2001 and then boom, it happens. It sounds crazy that all this stuff could be planned. But the more I go into this, the more that gets exposed, the more, the more information I'm able to get because of the internet and the ability to find this stuff like never before. This has been going on forever. I'm just seeing it. For example, yesterday when I recorded that pod, before I recorded that podcast, I went down to my building. And I set up shop how I normally do. And there was these three guys. They're like, oh, you know, are we quiet enough? I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just three random dudes. Had to be two African-Americans and a Caucasian guy. And I'm like, like, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, you know, it started with technology and, you know, interviewing no-code founders. And now it's about all the crazy crap that's going on and the crazy shit that's going on in the, uh, in the world. And, uh, you know, I just feel like... Uh, Maybe I'm, am I, I go, am I crazy? Or is there like a feeling that something's really weird going on in this world? And all of them said, yeah, oh my God, of course. They, oh, did you, did you know about this? Did you know about Operation Dark Winter? Did you know about the flooding of the African-American community in, uh, in Atlanta? Did you know about Black Wall Street and all this stuff? And did you know about this corruption with the government? This has been going on for a long time. They told me more story. That Operation Dark Winter came from them. I couldn't, like... All three of them knew more about this than me. And they were Marines. That's, that is the, um, I don't know, not silver lining, but the irony in all this. They are all Marines that left in around 2001. They're older. They were Marines and they knew all this and have been saying it's been going on forever. In fact, one of the gentlemen mentioned the 9-11 occurrence and said, Anything that went across, he had to verify, he used to guard this vault or whatever. I don't want to say too much about it, but had this vault where information would come in and would have to go by his desk. And something came in around that time because he, uh, around 9-11 is when he left, uh, or when he was discharged or, or when he, I don't know, left the public off, whatever it's called. He left the military. Um, he's like, I saw things that, you know, make it seem like uh you know, maybe there is, uh, maybe it's not a conspiracy. Maybe something did happen. And we're not getting into that. I haven't done enough research on that. And I'll never talk about something I don't know enough about. But these are Marines that were in the Marine Corps. By the way, all different times. They were all different ages. And they knew about this corruption. We're like, oh, yeah, we know this is going on. But no, 
they and I go, oh yeah, I was like, okay, that means like everyone knows. They go, no, they go like no one's woken up, no one knows about this. I'm like, come on, I was like, I was like, what are they? I go, all three of you know more than me, and I'm just trying to do my part and do this podcast so I can like help enlighten people or wake people up. And they're like, yeah, I go, what do you think? 10% of people are awakened. They're like, if that, and then I'm thinking, Oh my God. Oh my God. The censorship and the control of the mainstream media, which we all make fun of that. Nobody listens to anymore. It does shape your thoughts in subconscious ways. It still has a powerful effect because if you don't see it, you don't hear it, or you don't read it, then it doesn't exist. And that is why the fact that if you don't know what's going on in the Netherlands right now, if you don't know how massive these protests are, think about how strange that is. It is a, you got to see, there's videos on it. The thing is, is that I thought you can never censor and suffocate information so well in today's age. I thought there was just too much from everywhere and people knew what was BS. I think I had too much faith in humanity. I, people buy into these mainstream narratives still to a great extent. It's amazing that the credibility is still somewhat there, even though everything they say is proven to be a lie, just delayed six months or a year or two years. You know, like the Russia stuff with Trump, like it's all, it almost unanimously is all lie. Like, why are they playing all these January 6th hearing stuff? Is it a bad thing? Sure, it was a bad thing, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you from a person who is not a Republican that it is to distract you from the larger moves being played by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, particularly around energy and around food. Energy and food are being disrupted. And just know that when these things occur, the terrible effects from it are delayed. These are so massive of operations that they are delayed like six months to nine months to a year. I mean, pretty much the story has been written for whatever is going to happen in the next four months or six months. So when you cut off the energy, it takes a while for you to see what happens from that. And when you get all jazzed up over, you know, clean and green energy and that I want to kill the earth, I'm such a bad person, even though that's the furthest thing from the truth. Like you understand that electric cars are made from factories that burn coal. And I'm not even against, I love Elon Musk. I'm not against Tesla or anything like that. But you understand that to make that car or to wear that t-shirt that you have or to have whatever you have, that the underlying energy is oil. Am I for getting off of oil and getting into clean energy? Of course. Who would not be for that? Who would be anti that unless you have an economic interest in the oil industry? Everyone's agreeing with that. Everyone's agreeing with that. We all want the earth to be here forever. There's no, there's no argument against that. The question is, how do we transition? Do we transition in a way that doesn't hurt human beings and make them starve or make them be you know, negatively affected and then we slowly transition? Or do we make it abrupt and just let 70 million people die off from starvation and cut off the food? Like, do you re- If there's two ways to go about it and one is people being left behind, which by the way, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum consistently talk about how people are going to be, quote, left behind, starving to death. Don't forget, 
don't forget, the top advisor to the World Economic Forum, Yuval Noah Harari, says all famine is political famine. It's intentional. So it, is it, are, are you going to have to wait to hear of the famine through the BS mainstream media to finally take me seriously? What is it going to take? Is it going to take validation from CNN to know that possibly, even though I'm just one random dude with a dope-ass microphone that I just got, which is awesome, and it's, and it's hanging from a, a desk that like folds, you know, like a bed desk, like where you can like lay in bed and be on a desk in a room that isn't even furnished yet is possibly still telling the truth though, because I have no other incentive to lie. These other people have incentives to lie. They have economic incentives to lie. I do not. This isn't making my reputation stellar. This isn't helping me get jobs. If anything, you can argue that it's only doing harm to me and those closest to me. So again, I'm going to ask you, why would I want to do this? Is it possible that maybe I have a heart and I'm just trying to bring awareness to something that maybe I'm seeing before everybody else? Why is that so crazy to believe? But yet it's so far-fetched to believe that someone who's literally getting paid by corporations to keep their business running, aka the mainstream media, by no means would ever lie to you because they have your best interest at heart. The guy in an unfurnished room who has no political agenda and no economic interest in any of these issues is lying, you're saying. But the mainstream media that has the exact opposite, economic interests with the huge corporations, with governments, with big pharma, they're telling you the truth. Is that seriously the argument that you're trying to convey to me? Is that what you're conveying to me? I, I, just think of why anyone would want to be in the position I'm in. It makes no sense unless I'm just telling the truth. That Honestly, the fact, the only... Thing that actually makes sense to some degree is that I'm doing this solely to tell the truth. There's no other incentive. Everything else is negative. You're seeing all these videos that I'm sharing with you guys. You're listening to all these stories that do you realize I have enough info to make segments every single day about crazy corruption that's happening that there's so much content around the corruption that I can create multiple episodes a day. I mean, don't you think if it was all conspiracy theories, it would just run out at some point? In fact, every day I live, that's longer, like every, every additional day brings another quote unquote conspiracy theory because these people in power are lying again and again and again. They care about like two things. They care about holding on to their power. They don't, why would they want to give it up? And they care about maximizing their wealth. Look at every politician that goes into a public position that gets paid a public a salary by the taxpayers, like at least in the US, like a Nancy Pelosi. They go in as normal peasants and they come out worth $100 million. Do you truly fundamentally believe that Nancy Pelosi is one of the greatest investors of all time? 
Come on. This is all corruption at the highest level. You're just seeing it in different parts, different countries, different uh, um, different events, you know, different uh, activities. It's all the same underlying problem, which is the corruption. A lot of the questions I've been asked recently is, well, what do we do about it? Like, okay, I get it. I believe you, but what can I do about it? You can come together and you can form your own community that disconnects from this nation state, from this stereotypical environment. These small pockets of communities that address some sort of moral deficit that's occurring in the real world that addresses that moral deficit will be able to create a healthy, sustainable community that people willingly and consensually join and pay something to, you know, fund, you know, communal activities, maybe own private property, come together in person. But that is the whole thesis of the network state. That is what has going to form. Now it's going to begin now and you're going to see it progress even further. Things are bad. You think things are bad now. We aren't at the lowest point. Things are absolutely going to get worse. These things take a while to take effect. When you make a, a policy change that really hurts people, like turning off energy, it's not going to hurt you that same day. It's going to hurt you in like seven months. But then think about it. To correct that problem, if you correct it in seven months, it's going to take another seven months for that to take hold. That's the problem. Once you realize it, it's too late. I'm just trying to play my role in forming some community that is addressing the simple moral deficit of leaving humans behind to die, not from COVID, enough with the COVID, okay, but from famine, from political agendas. That is 80 trillion times worse than COVID, and my heart goes out to all the people who died with COVID or got sick with COVID or lost a loved one. That will never change. But someone being starved to death on purpose because of a politician, that's a problem. And that is what this community is going to address. We aren't going to starve people. We aren't going to kill people. We aren't going to leave people behind. If you want to know the truth and then want to create a game plan together to rise out of this and make a better world or a better just community, let's keep it micro, for our kids and their kids and their kids to, because if you have kids, your job is to leave the world a better place. And the reason I'm doing this is to help facilitate that and bring in and usher in that new community that isn't about control and power and, and at the intersection, which is essentially corruption. I'm just not going to do that. So whenever you take information from someone, think about where it's coming from and then always look at the underlying economic interests of that outlet. If they are tied to massive corporations that are trying to sell you another thing, <clears throat> booster, maybe it's corrupt. Maybe there is malintent. Maybe these are nefarious powers. I don't know. No, I, I scratch that. I do know. They are bad. I started this podcast saying, fuck you to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. And I mean that with all of my heart. And I'm going to really try hard not to swear. Because again, I don't want to deter people from getting the truth just because I'm swearing. That would 
not, I would be really sad if that happened. So I'm trying to keep a clean, uh, a clean pod as much as possible, but they need it. That needs to be set. I mean, you're watching, you're listening to these videos, you're watching these videos, you're hearing the corruption in plain sight. You heard the Netherlands PM saying, oh, the co- great, the COVID-19, the great reset, the book by Klaus, I don't know anything about it. And, you know, <laughs> conspiracy theories like, oh, I watch those fancy videos or fascinating videos on YouTube, other conspiracy theories. And then the, the member of parliament goes, well, what about that letter that you sent to Klaus Schwab saying thank you for sending me the book and that it's very inspiring of the future? Oh, well, it's just a polite thing to say. So, yeah, I guess I did know about it, but I... I, you know, I can't read all the books that come in. I just said that for it to be polite. You initially caught in a lie and then tried to correct it. And then in Canada, or halfway across the world, you have a 27-year-old kid who lives at home with his parents writing a newsletter on Substack critiquing a government, which is one of the more healthy things any person can do is constantly question those in power. Last time I checked, when you don't question those in power, it looks a lot like North Korea. Have you been to North Korea? No? You don't want to be in North Korea? No, it doesn't sound fun. Why not? We are used, this is really happening. We are used to a very peaceful and unprecedented time in this world. This sort of era has never existed before. Human history has been full of war and conflict and oppression and and poverty and all this stuff. We have lived through the richest, craziest time ever. I mean, abundance for the first time ever, just crazy. You are now living through the change in the new world order. The question is only one of two. Is it going to go the way of the Great Reset or is it going to go the way of the sovereign individual? Those to me are the only two outcomes. And you can even just say, are you going to go, is it going to go towards evil or is it going to go towards good? You know my view. I'm too bullish on human beings. I think it's going to go in the good direction. I believe humans always overcome and come together and win, even if it takes it to the last minute. I do believe that. I do not think the WEF is going to take over with this great reset. However, I do think they have a stranglehold for the next year or two until people really wake up. It's going to take a catastrophic event, which is unbelievable. I hope it doesn't. This is what I'm trying to do with the pod is so it doesn't have to get there. However, it seems like with crises in the past that in order for humans to take it seriously and and beat it or go against the corruption or build something better and new, you know, like the U.S. of like the United States in 1776, it takes that terrible final crisis for you to finally act. We as humans tend to not act ahead of schedule. We wait until our backs are against the wall and we have no other option to fix it. Historically, that's that's what's happened. That's the truth. And we can avoid that just like a lot of the things that are going on now politically we we could have avoided but here's the reality people and this is 
a realistic, apolitical podcast for the 80 millionth time. We want what's good for the human race. If you are a human, we're not really into that whole transhumanism agenda yet. You know, we're open. If you're an alien and you want to join the community, we're down. You can come. Like, if you're nice and, you know, you're an alien, you just look like a dinosaur or something, but, like, you're really nice and you help the community, you're, we can have you. We can have reptiles and all that stuff. We're down. Whatever. But if you want harm on others or are trying to seek out economic benefit at the detriment of all these other human beings in the world that have not done anything wrong, <clears throat> farm, uh, uh, Netherlands farmers, uh, Canadian truck drivers, um, normal people everywhere, you are not welcome. And we are going to put your shit on blast forever until you take me away. And hopefully that doesn't happen. And hopefully by the point that if that does happen, that enough people will be woken up to say, hey, don't take him away. We need that podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, I have great ambitions. All right. I'm going to do a couple more segments. Um, I, got, I, I guess I did two in one here. This was It was supposed to be Trudeau. Uh, but obviously I incorporated uh, the journalist who's being attacked. Oh, that's the journalist being attacked by Trudeau. But I also type and the farmers that are, <laughs> if you do, I will repeat this. If you do not know of what's going on in the Netherlands with the farmers, if you do not know the severity of what's going on and how big those protests are, what else do you think they are hiding from you? Like it is, it is so massive. The protests in the Netherlands are so massive that the fact that it hasn't gotten covered, I think maybe it's seeping into the mainstream corporate media now, I think. And, and also, when I say the mainstream media is lying or the corporate media is lying, why, does that, why do people get so antsy and defensive about it like, like I'm attacking your brother or sister? Like, they don't care about you. They don't. I'm sorry. They don't care. They do not care. They have an economic interest in appeasing the corporations that pay them. If your business model is contingent on being paid by advertisers, a large sum of money, which only a few companies can afford, even though nobody watches commercials anymore, whatever. Even if, even if, it, well, I see there's a caller on call in, so I just got uh, distracted. I'm sorry about that. Um, how do I accept this? Can I accept this? Brady Crow says, and we have chemical laboratories. What does that mean? Oh, oh, laboratory. That's a big word. I don't know what that word means, Brady Crow. But people, when I when I say something bad against some politician in power, if you like that politician, you should be happy, though, that I'm asking those questions and bringing awareness to it because it's for our, you and I, our protection. The only people looking out for people are people. These politicians aren't really people. I'm gonna see if I can let Brady. I'll let you on in a minute because I'm doing the I'm I'm doing a podcast.
I have headphones on. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do this, but I will, I will let you on in a second. But like, if I, I just want to make this point though. If I am critiquing, like, let's say I'm critiquing Joe Biden, the always first response is this. Well, Trump did that. You know what my answer always is? Well, Trump sucks too. They all suck. All of them. A hundred percent of them. I actually am not in favor of any percentage of the politicians. Zero percent. They do not have our best interest in mind. And I'm not just talking about the U.S. I'm talking about anywhere. We just talked about the corruption in the Netherlands. We talked about uh, Trudeau. And in America, if you've seen what's happening in Australia with the COVID camps, which I'm being told, some guy like got, they're like, there's no COVID camps. Then he goes, well, there's no COVID camp anymore. It was closed. Well, I go, okay, so there was a COVID camp? Well, yeah, in order to be closed, it had to be operating. And then I look it up. It's closed for construction because it's expanding. Okay, that's interesting. Why would you make an economic investment into adult camps where people go against their will, but yet nobody in the world knows this is happening because it's not being covered by the mainstream? But yet if you post stuff like this on, I don't know, corrupt platforms like a YouTube, like Google, which... Get ready. This is a shocker. Google is a hundred percent compromised by the Chinese government. Let me make, you know what? Let me just put this all together for you guys. Let me make this really clear of how this is working. We're used to a world order under the United States of America. Okay. That's what's happened for, if you're alive today, you've pretty much only experienced the world order under the United States. How does the United States operate? We are all about the founding fathers were, that's like the greatest startup of all time, the, the America. I mean, you really got to give them credit. It's a genius. But it was federalism with a lowercase f. Because they knew what happens when you give too much power to the government. It turns into a tyrannical organization. It turns into tyranny, which is why the Second Amendment was created, which I didn't even know all this a year ago, honestly. But the whole gun thing isn't about ducks and protect, you know, like, like it's about protecting against government tyranny. That's literally what it is. It just seems so far fetched because we've lived in such a good world. We are now transitioning to whether you like it or not to the new world order with China. Now China operates differently than the United States of America. They are more authoritarian. Let's say they are more top down rather than bottoms up. They like to run things from a more centralized, powerful entity as opposed to America. It's pretty much like from the individuals on up. And since the world order is changing that way, that means the world is going to operate under Chinese frameworks. That's what's happening. That's why there's this, all this surveillance being put into place, all these mandatory things. When you hear about mandatory things, when in the history of the U.S. have we had stuff like that in recent history? Never. It's because the changing world order is going in favor of China, which is just because there's a lot of reasons for it, which we, we can get into, mostly economic. But that is what's transitioning right now. And so when you run the world order, you create the, the framework that society operates within. Okay. And so the framework is changing in front of our eyes. That's what these lockdowns and all of this corruption is. This is what's happening in China. It's now being deployed globally. 
We are just changing. It's I I don't care what you think of him, but the Changing World Order by Ray Dalio is the book of where I believe we are right now, what we're in. And then after you read that, if you read The Sovereign Individual, which was unbelievably written in 1997, even though when I read it, I thought it was written in 2022. So be it. That is where we're going to transition to. Now, if it was up to the World Economic Forum, it would go from the changing world order into Klaus Schwab's COVID-19, The Great Reset. That, that's a book. That's a, that's a real book. I know it sounds really enjoyable, right? Sounds like a really just an unbelievably unbelievable piece of art. What a book. No, the book sucks, okay? And it's so hypocritical. He says in the book, Klaus Schwab, that you will own nothing and you will be happy by 2030. And then it's a picture of a guy like, and then they have a video of it with a picture of a guy smiling too. Like you will be happy. Okay, interesting. Yet he just connected his private residence in Geneva to the World Economic Forum headquarters so he doesn't have to step foot outside of private land. So we will not have private land and be happy, but he's building more private land so he doesn't have to step on public, public land. People, when anybody in the world tells you to do something that they wouldn't do, be skeptical. Question it. It's not wrong to question it. Even if you agree with everything else this person says, if they say something to you to do that they would not do themselves, question it. It's a good default reaction. We are all on the same team. If you are listening to this, we are all on the same team. If you did not, here, let's just put it this way. If you didn't go to the World Economic Forum this year, you're on our team. If you were not invited or don't have a membership of, I think it's like $50,000 or $100,000 to even go to the event. If you did not go to the event, I got good news and bad news. The good news is you're on our team. The bad news is you're on our team. <laughs> it's true though. If we come together, but right now we're divided. And we are intentionally divided. You have to understand we are intentionally divided. And even if you agree, if you really even hate someone over a particular view they have over the whole gender and sex thing. Okay, that's fine. But just know that you probably were good friends with them before all this stuff happened. And maybe they're the same person, but you're getting a distorted view of them because of this ancillary feedback you're getting from mainstream media that's reinforcing to hate them, to not like them, to say they're alt-right and all this stuff. When they said Joe Rogan was alt-right, everybody who's listened to Joe Rogan know that that's not true. That was a big mistake on their part. A big mistake. That's how we knew that was a big way to expose that they were lying. Someone who votes for Bernie Sanders cannot be alt-right. I think that obviously defeats that. How is that possible? How is that possible? Am I out of my mind? You're seeing all of this in plain sight. You're seeing the Netherlands PM lie about reading Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, and then getting caught in that lie. You're seeing a 27-year-old kid 
who lives at home with his parents in Canada, in Canada, get messaged on LinkedIn from the parliament about his article that went viral on Twitter that critiques the government's policies. You don't want the government looking into you ever, especially when you have a substack, when you're just writing articles as an independent journalist, but yet you're going to get emotional when I critique the mainstream media journalism. Why does that offend you? Think about it deeply. Why does that offend you? Why does it bother you if I critique them or if I critique, like, why would that bother you? Think deeply, get past the surface. Why does that have such a root? Is it because it's such a deep rooted belief that you're being told the truth that you don't want it to be untrue? Perhaps, but to really believe that those journalists who are ultimately being paid a salary, which comes from ultimately the big corporations, because those are the customers, the advertisers that support the networks. But me in an unfurnished apartment with a desk that is $24 on Amazon. And like I said, I have a really good mic now. I do have a good mic. We can't lie about that. But besides that, everything else stinks. And it's very amateur that I'm spending all of this time to talk like this because I want to lie to you. Why would I do that? It's not bringing in more revenue for me, but guess what? Guess what? When the other side lies, what happens? They get money. They get more money. And then you go, no way. That can't happen. That absolutely can't happen. There's no corruption. Really? Really? There's no corruption? Really? Really? Let me ask you, how did your government react to COVID? How have they done? Have they done very well? Have they been spot on? Let me take a wild guess. They probably told you something that in later months you found out was actually untrue. In fact, I bet you were told something was a conspiracy theory that is now just the objective truth. Whenever a conspiracy theory turns into objective truth, you should probably be weary of what that person says next. What do you think? No? Am I crazy? Now listen, I could be crazy, but not in this context, I'm not crazy. In this context, I am telling the truth. All right, I gotta take care of some stuff. I'm going to record some more segments in a little bit. I appreciate all the listeners actually I'm calling. I'm glad you guys can hear me. Um, I'll, I will start another one uh, in about, I don't know, about an hour. I'll tweet about it. You can follow me at Kogs, K-O-G-Z, or you can just listen to the podcast in case you forgot the ownership economy, also on YouTube. Of course, some of them got censored, but this one probably won't. Um, and, uh, and we'll be back on soon. But as of right now, I'm being yelled by my girlfriend because I need to go pick up groceries. And so I got to take care of business. So I'll be back soon. Thank you guys for listening. Seriously, appreciate it. Love you all.